Welcome. I don't know. I'm trying to start it. Okay, wait. Let me let me refresh my zone. Let me. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. Wow. I got a Capri Sun here, and I'm gonna use that to to just calm myself down a little bit. Welcome to direct to video. What was that noise? I dropped something. Oh, okay. do you do you want to? Welcome VHS? to direct to video VHS. Look. VHS? Look, nobody said it was the best produced podcast online. The produced podcast is such a strong term that for hurts what we do here. And is but... accurate. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, that was, a that was a, a little rude. <laughs> yeah, as, as the one who releases all of them, that's kind of rude, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. Oh, yeah. We get some of that, that sweet, salty beverage today. Calamari, I would say, is the flavor of this one. Except that, actually, I don't think we see any sea creatures in this movie, which is wild if you stop to think about it for a second. Well, we see those, like, weird, like, lobster-like lobster things, right? Like, we, she, like, oh, we get that yeah. whole thing where she, like, It's like a that's... giant prawn. But, yeah, but exactly, it looks like a, a massive shrimp or something. Yeah. Um. That it, I don't know. It's weird. This movie's weird. Um, like the size of a dog, I maybe. Yeah, like a <sighs> like a small chihuahua just chilling in your bag. This like a large chihuahua. This <laughs> this is a weird movie, and it reminded so, me of a lot of other Disney movies because that that's what happens. But part of it, and it has a lot of Jules Verne stuff. Mm-hmm. But it most yeah. reminded me of like. Treasure Planet, which I think came out pretty much at the same time. They both had this mix of 2D and 3D animation that looked so much better than the movie was. Yeah. They have like they have like this 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 design in all their stuff, and then they just slap it onto a movie that is like not very good and kind of problematic at times. And neither of them have any female characters. That's not fair. This one's got female characters. This one, this one's got. Uh, there are women in this movie. This one has tropes. They do of stuff. Female characters. This one, this one has like um, types of female characters, but it's almost okay because it kind of just has types of male characters instead of giving them real characterization. It just kind of makes them fun. This, I don't know. This movie really wants to be Star Wars. You know, but what, in like a thing, bad the other way. Thing this movie is, and I was watching this with my girlfriend. She looked it up. This movie wants to be Firefly. This movie oh. was actually written, um, partially written by... I, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, yes. Which means... Well, and it was it was all about these, like, criminals getting together on a shit and becoming buds and fighting the bad guy together, which is very yeah. much what happens in Firefly. It well, that's also what happens in Star Wars. It even, it even has a young girl as the mechanic. Yeah, oh god, that's right. Which I assume was just something they were like, hey, we did that for that movie. Why don't we just pop I mean, it over here? Like, they I liked mean, that jo- idea. Apparently, Joss Whedon is like, uh, he, he claims that none of his idea was left in it by the time it was done. But clearly there's some influence there, right? I mean, I think um, I think the this... fairest way to look at it is the characters feel kind of Joss Whedon-y. Like, the yeah, there's that... enough, like, banal quippy 
like surface level interaction between this team up that yeah, feels and, Joss Whedon esque. And and it is it is honestly it's the the one thing that I think makes the movie memorable is having characters be able to like deliver these over the top lines or deliver these lines in over the top ways that makes you think like, hey, I like sweets. Like or Dr. Sweet. He's neat. He's a fun guy. But that's kind of all it has. And it just kinda of has that, yeah, that sort of like Avengers quippiness without you know, fighting Loki. But but the thing is, is like this movie doesn't, there, there's nothing like, Serenity is a movie that barely works if you haven't seen the show. And I, yeah, I say that I as mean, somebody who has. It's a continuation. You should, yeah, nobody I, should do what Andy did. Yeah, that was going to say, I say that as somebody who watched the movie and then later went and fell asleep watching like eight episodes of the show. There are only eight episodes of the show. But... Yeah, well, I, I fell asleep for most of them. Okay. It was a show that I just wasn't into, but like the movie barely stands up on its own two legs without that support, right? But like mm-hmm. Avengers is almost nonsense. It's almost nonsense because so much of that movie hinges on you at least caring about one of these six people, right? Like whether it's Captain America or Iron Man or if, if, if for some reason Thor, I don't know why at that point you would, but maybe like. I mean, if, if, yeah, if I you mean, don't even, or, yeah. or you should, it should be noted, Loki, because the thing that a lot of people walked away from the Avengers thinking was like, man, Loki was hot. <laughs> God, I just, people really do just love like crypto fascists. There's uh, 10 years of discourse about it, so. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, I get, oh my fucking God. I okay, guess that's true now. Like that old, but like, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Well, let's start at the beginning, I guess. Uh, do you want to know how much it cost to make this movie, which came out uh, this June fifteenth? Looks expensive. Was this movie? Ex- this movie seems expensive. A hundred and twenty million dollars. Okay, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. That's that's two thousand one money, right? Like that's a lot of money. Do you want to know how much it made its opening weekend? This movie can't have done well, right? Like it didn't. Right? Like, I remember this movie coming out and nobody cares. $329,000. You know what? Good for it. Um, no, that's really bad, dude. That's oh, like three zero short. $329,000. <laughs> that is, that is not even a percent. No, that is, that is That is hilarious. not even a half a percent. Oh man, no wonder Disney wanted to to scrap their 2D animation so much. Disney got like four bad movies in a row. After this we get Lilo and Stitch which did which did well, right? Mm-hmm. Before this we had The Emperor's New Groove which did nothing. Even though The Emperor's New Groove is such a solid movie. <laughs> it's such a solid movie, but you need to remember what Disney was working with at the time. You had Emperor's New Groove, you had this and then you had Lilo and Stitch, which was like the light in the darkness. And then you had Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, culminating with Home on the Range. Like, this is the beginning of the end for the 2D animation department, right? Andy, consistently, I forget Brother Bear exists. Home on the Range is the big one for me, because I have seen that movie and I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about it. I mean, I know Home on the Range exists because it's kind of insulting that it exists. Home on the Range is like, here's our last classically animated movie. And that wasn't entirely true. 
They had Winnie the Pooh, and then later they did um, Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog. But, but like, that was true for like five it was years. A, a bit. It was a grip, and that was <laughs> our last anime movie. This is gonna be about these cows who want to kidnap a man. It doesn't help that one of those cows is now like a noted super huge racist piece of shit and that's their flagship actor. It's just it's a bad choice all around. It's rough, mm-hmm. but like I I do think that this movie really like shows I think the I talked about this a little bit in The Emperor's New Groove, which is that like Disney for a long time had this like magic sauce way of making movies where they were just like, well, it's going to come together, right? That to me this movie really shows that like even like this movie had a script this movie had like a plan and clearly they just didn't have the storytelling acumen to do anything with it because this is out of all of these movies this movie was planned the most right and maybe it was over planned because the most irritating thing about this movie as i was watching it was that i could see a good movie in there somewhere there were parts of this movie that i was like what if this works like if it if it wasn't so white saviory, if it actually had more than one native character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, one and a half. We get one and a half. If there wasn't for some reason a betrayal that makes literally no zero sense. sense with how the movie was set up. This whole movie is just full of like there was a good idea, but all of the execution was shit. Right, every single thing past the inception of the idea is bad. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't a mole man, a mole man, a literal mole man, it's so it's so weird. Like it's like they plucked him out of the Marvel comic book, but definitely threw in a little bit of the Simpsons character. He, yeah, he's literally <laughs> the underminer. He's literally the underminer. Oh my gosh. I hadn't even thought of that. They really wanted that character back, huh? They were they were really attached to that idea. Th- this movie's got so much, but like let's so we start with a quote from Plato. That quote from Plato actually really helped me understand how poorly they were executing the timeline. <laughs> Cuz I was yeah. like, okay, Plato was like the first person to write about Atlantis, and probably it was based on a an island that actually did sink off the coast of Greece because shit like that happened. It's believed, I think, now that there was like, there's like a specific island that like at some point in 373 BC, just like this massive volcano went off and just basically Mm -hmm. wiped the island off the map. Right. And people, people do stuff like this where they make it like sci-fi but and and there was this idea that like a lot of knowledge and culture was lost sort of like the burning of the library of alexandria yeah and so like you can see you can see a good core concept for a film there it it wasn't this well and i think that's i think that's the thing right is is like you're already playing with like time scales and time frames that are like mm-hmm. pre pre biblical Right, like the at one point, one of the characters refers to the Great Flood, and it's like, okay, so is that the so is that the Great Flood? And I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's they they do specifically quote the Bible at least twice, multiple times, yeah. right? So it's it's one of those things where like this 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 movie is playing in a space where it's like, what are we doing timeline wise here? You're saying that this happened eight thousand years ago 
Oh my god, that number is so crazy for so many reasons that I will love to get into. I, I want to just like 7,000 BC. Like what's what's going on in 7,000 BC? You know what? You know what? Stop. I'm just going to say this because now that you've said those numbers so many times. <laughs> Andy. Let's say you knew that people used to drive cars, and now nobody knows how anymore. Yeah. But you, when you were a kid, saw people driving cars. I I understood that there is a box, people get in the box, and it moves. At what point do you think you could figure out, like, turning the key and pushing the pedals? Because I think at some point during your 8,000-year lifespan, you should have been able to figure that I think by the age of 12, I would have figured it out, right? But, like, okay, assuming... Good, okay, 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 okay. Uh, Follow-up question, follow-up question. Let's say nobody taught you how to read. Oh, all right, well, now... But you speak perfectly well. You are aware that language is a thing. <laughs> you know all around you is writing all the time. You have 8,000 years to figure out this language. Well, let, let me say this. I still think I would have figured out how to drive a car by 12, because it's not that hard. Relearning an entire language from scratch, that might have taken me maybe a couple more decades, because it's hard. Look, maybe it'll take a couple decades. Maybe it'll take a couple hundred years. Maybe. But, it, it, like... but it will take a measurable amount of time that is less than 8,000 8, years. years. Also, and I'll just say this, I'll just say it. Is her dad keeping the entire nation in the dark? That motherfucker knows how to read. Or did he never learn how to read or drive no, that, cars? That motherfucker was a grown-ass man. Who, he knows how to read. Then what happened? Also, also, very importantly, I, I, I know I'm harping on this. We're not even starting the movie yet. And I'm just we haven't even, we, we got, we, we're at the how opening come, letters. How come the royal family is immortal and nobody else is? Not oh. completely immortal, just 8,000 years old. No, I, I, I have no. to believe that Mm-mm. everyone is immortal, Mm-mm, right? They're not, because she says if, uh, if the people from before could see us, they would be so ashamed. Like, she remembers remembers the fall and nobody else does. See, but that's the thing is that the fact that she was there, that her and her dad are 8,000 years old is the stupidest thing in the goddamn world. No, it's wild. It makes it's no wild. sense. The whole movie would have made 100% more sense if they were just part of a society that was sort of declining because they no longer had the technology of the ancients. Instead, there's this 8,000-year-old teenager who's like, man, I just never figured out driving. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? What have you been doing this whole time? She says society is crumbling, but that's an 8,000-year-old person who thinks that. And I don't listen to 8,000-year-old people when they have opinions, frankly. I Honestly, once they hit the age of 60, I'm like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be allowed anymore. (laughs) She's like... Put put those opinions away. Back in my day... (laughs) Women couldn't b- vote, and we were better for it. I was like, "Jeez, whoa, oof, <laughs> come on!" Kita. But that's it's it's one of those things, right? That like like this movie is like all aesthetic, but they didn't put any thought into what those decisions mean. They never thought 
They, somebody wrote the line. You, you, she, you must be 8,000 years old. And they didn't stop and go, well, hold on a fucking minute, actually. Maybe that shouldn't be, maybe the response to that should be that's insane or that's bad storytelling and not, well, you look great. It's why, and well, the craziest thing to me, maybe not the craziest thing, there's a lot of crazy things, Milo and Princess Kida end up together, right? Yeah. Is there a version of, like, cradle robbing that's, like, ant robbing? And by that I mean the bug. Yeah. Because it's like a human being married a bug. A smart bug. It's like, how much how much older uh, is uh, is your wife than you? Oh, well, she's only 8,052 years older than me, but you know... Also, how old is her dad? Is he, like, 20,000 years old? Or is he also 8,000 years old? And for some reason, they ended up, like, perfectly preserved him old, but preserved, and her young, but preserved. Like, it doesn't make sense. That's the thing that really doesn't make sense, right? Because if, uh, so I don't want to talk about this because it doesn't matter to the movie because the movie doesn't actually do anything with this. But historically speaking, in ancient Sumerian mythology, there was this idea of there being antediluvian kings, right? That before the Great Flood, which is a thing in like all Middle Eastern cultures have, right? Like Abrahamic religions, uh... Egypt, all of them had this idea of, like, there was this big flood that happened at some point, right? Yeah, it was in, like, Gilgamesh, which is yeah. the oldest known written thing, I think. Besides, like, the oldest known, like, story. According to the the the, the Sumerians and the Assyrians, right, who, who wrote these stories down, mm-hmm. the, before that, kings had reigns that lasted, like, 2,000 years, 5,000 years. This motherfucker was king for like 1,000 years, but the numbers get smaller and smaller as it gets closer and closer to the flood. And there's this implication that like after the flood, how that was possible was lost. And those people didn't die, they became gods, right? Sort of like in, in the in the Bible, Abraham supposedly lived for like 800 years. Exactly, right? Like the Bible does it too, but they do it on a much smaller time scale. But there's this idea, right, in like all of this old writing that these people lived in an old world and they knew it was old. But in Atlantis, we just get these wild numbers thrown at us, but there's no, none of the people, none of the Atlanteans look at at this old, at Leonard Nimoy, right, and go, fuck, that guy's like a living god, right? Right. And because that's what you would do, wouldn't you? Especially... Especially because there is a living god under the throne, just sitting there hanging out. Oh my god, we need to start talking about this movie from the beginning. Yeah, right? yes. Let's let's start. Okay, so well, here's the problem with this movie: bigger probably than all the other like really questionable problems. Because you you could still make a good movie that's like a white savior movie. It's just that when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of gross. Yeah, I, I can't believe I have to watch Pocahontas again for the third fucking time. Something like that. Yes. But the first half hour of this movie is not an exaggeration. It is half an hour. Nothing happens. It's all set up, but it's such a long setup. And it doesn't matter. And it should be done in five to ten minutes. Well, like we get we get so because here's the thing. This movie was supposed to be a lot longer, first of all, which is wild because this movie is 96 minutes. That There were going to there was going to be another 30 minutes to this movie, right? Which would have really... That would have, but but those thirty minutes were gonna be them getting to Atlantis, right? Like this was going to be a movie <laughs> about getting to Atlantis. The movie doesn't even start until their boat crashes. 
Like, I feel like nothing was happening in the movie until they crashed. And I was like, finally, Jesus. Now now you can see the characters doing stuff. And well, but the that's the thing, is that forward. we still don't get to see that, though. Like, because it's all montage. Okay. It gets it gets it a little bit, and then it slows down immediately once they hit Atlantis. Um, which is the opposite of what you want a movie to do. The other movie I kept comparing this to was El Dorado. Yeah, okay. Which managed to do this kind of story uh, in a way that one I think was way less racist. Ah, uh, let's okay. Listen, no, 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 no. no. I, I, I mean, we'll watch it at, at some point, probably. You know um, what? I'm okay with making this like a three part set because I'm not excited to watch the second one of these. But with El Dorado, I feel like it did even even though it based it on the myth that like that like native people thought that 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 uh, Europeans were gods. Even though it based it off of that, it was it was so much more palatable because it showed them like at first they were gonna just grift these people, and then they're like, I kind of like it here. Like these people also have a culture that's not just something for me to look at and think is pretty. And also, very importantly in my mind, the thing they wanted was a thing that historically everybody wanted, and not a magic god battery. They just wanted gold. Everybody wants gold. Plus, it did get it did get to say, "Man, Cortez fucking sucks." Yes, I do like that about Eldorado. I do. Eldorado has listen as like a person who is Hispanic, and like I largely identify more with like kind of the lower class, uh, mixed blood parts of Hispanic heritage. That movie's got a lot of fucking problems, but I think largely it. By by a by being like a comedy and by having a consistent tone. Oh my god, that was the biggest issue with this one. I keep saying that, but but this movie was like boring a lot. It was either boring or had like really intense action scenes. But but that's like this is a movie that after I I I my entire life I just kept falling asleep watching, <laughs> and like this time watching it, the only reason I didn't fall asleep was because I was so fucking mad the whole time, which is not really the the emotional place you want somebody to be in. But like, it's it, this movie is boring. And when anything happens, it's so ridiculous that I just kept getting angry. But like, what, like we need to start talking about this movie. So we start with this prologue, which is uh, something, something is happening. I don't know what, but everybody's running away from it. I thought it was interesting, maybe unique among Disney movies, even if they drop it immediately when it comes into question, it's the most frustrating thing. Is the Atlanteans have a language? <laughs> That's the first thing I was like, "Oh, look, it's subtitled and everything." Andy would love they, this. They got the guy. They got the fucking guy who did Klingon to do this language. Like they, it's an entirely constructed language with a constructed alphabet, and it has like it has its own like grammatical structure. It has its own like. Uh, That's interesting. Is it actually like Sumerian based, like Milo? Quite? So, so it's actually it's actually like uh like a pro. They they constructed it to be like a rote, like a root proto language, um, okay. specifically based on like Proto Indo European, uh, which is like an actual like theoretical language that people think existed that was like the root of like all like Indian subcontinent and European languages. That that there was like a root language that splintered out right into all these other languages it was heavily based on that greek and roman which kind of creates a language that's like a root language for all major languages including hebrew yeah which they then do <laughs> they, tend, they, they don't do anything with it well no they do something with it but it's the worst 
What they do is they're like, oh, you speak a language that's the root of all languages, so we could just speak English and you get it. That's and it's what like they that's, do. that's that's not what how they that works. Do. And like there are some languages that you could do that with, right? Like if I spoke Spanish to somebody who speaks Italian, yeah, they could probably get, be able to figure it out. We could, could get there. We would both have to work on it, but we could get there. But if mm. I spoke English to somebody who speaks Slavic, we're not going to fucking get there. <laughs> like there is nothing we could do to fucking get there instantly right like we we would have to it would take a long time not just mm-hmm. instant like oh yeah of course i can speak english <laughs> i've been speaking this proto language for eight thousand years but yeah let's just talk english right now um also she recognizes roman and french which makes no sense because they sank below the sea before france existed as a concept whatever her her fucking ma tim turns into a ball of light and that's the end of the prologue her mom gets it by God. It's fucking, it's fucking Tony, brutal. we've been talking for 30 minutes, by the way. Look. Look. Some of that was whatever. Five-star runtime, right. man. All right. We're let's 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 In that case, let's jump about 30 minutes into the movie. Here's what happens. Milo. He's like, guy, I love researching Atlantis, and there's supposed to be a big magic thing down there that I want to get, because it's a cool battery. And everybody's like, Atlantis isn't real, fuck off. And then an old man's like, I knew your grandfather, and he was awesome. My your your grandpa your grandpa was really good at colonializing Africa, you know. Yeah, it's weird. They and and he is treated as a hero to the point that there is hero worship of him. It's very irritating. The motherfucker is dressed exactly like Clayton, but he's like skinnier, I guess. <laughs> uh, but this old guy's like, so I made a bet with your grandpa that Atlantis didn't exist, but now it does exist. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send you to go to Atlantis, and then they get onto a Jules Verne submarine. That is honestly, that's like, that's like 25 minutes, I swear to God. Also, he has a cat that for some reason disappears. They made sure that the cat went with him. I think the cat died in the explosion. I think, okay, so I think the implication is that Whitmore was taking care of the cat because at the very, very end of the movie, I think one of them is holding it while they're talk- debriefing on what their cover story is. The, the very, very end of the movie was, the one, was one of the only bits of the movie that I actually enjoyed. It was interesting. It's one of those things that the movie didn't earn it, but... No, but it was fine. They, um, they put a lot of thought into it, and it's like, maybe you should have put all this thought into the rest of your movie. So this boat is one of the coolest things in this movie, and it's in this movie for about five solid minutes before they blow it up. I was so confused at this boat with how many people were on it. I was like, I thought this was about like a small crew, and it kind of is. 200 like, people. 200 people were on that boat, Tony, and like 20 of them maybe like 30 there seems to be whenever they want there are a lot more randos with guns a double digit number of people survived this explosion but that still means like 150 people died yes now i want to do something really quick and we need to list off all the important characters because what this movie isn't is an ensemble piece but it it's not to be kind it's it likes the idea of an ensemble piece. It likes piece. the idea of an ensemble piece, and it would it might work as an ensemble piece. Like, that might have, if it was about these people learning about this culture, that could have been something. But instead, it's all about Milo. Here's how we'll do it. You'll tell me, you'll give me that, you'll, you'll say the name, and I'll just give, like, a one-sentence descriptor. Okay, well, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna try to give the names, and I will try to give them by ranking of how, of, like, which one's the best characters. Oh, are you gonna do it from best to worst? Yes, so first first is Dr. Sweet. 
Uh, he is a mixed black Native American doctor. He's really cool. He is really cool. He has all the best lines. Second is Vinny. Uh, Vinny is an Italian florist who has made his living with demolitions. Then, well, I think I'm going to have to go with Audrey, right? Uh, yes, Audrey is a Puerto Rican uh, mechanic who is also a child. Also, a yes, a literal child, which we will get back to in a in a, a little bit because it is like, at first get... it's like, huh? That's like a kid working on this ship, and then later it's like, mm. whoa, <laughs> yeah. Then there's are there only two more? <laughs> no, there's a lot. There's like three more. Oh my god. Okay. Well, and I guess next is Helga. <laughs> Helga is a femme fatale who goes through the exact, like, arc a femme fatale would go through in this yeah. movie. It, it pretty much exactly. Like, she's from a different movie. Like, a noir movie. The music even changes to, like, soft sax every time. She's, she's, she's a little bit the Nazi from the third Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, a little bit. The writers of this movie are a little too horny for her, and it's very uncomfortable. Yes, um, and then there's Rourke. Uh, Rourke is like your classic John Wayne American colonel, but he's also like a homicidal maniac. And last, I believe, and obviously least, is Molière. Uh, Molière is a mole man who is French and a pervert. You missed two. Did I? Who the fuck did I miss? You missed Cookie. Oh my god, okay, see... That's the problem. There are these two characters who are even less than everybody else. <laughs> Not character. They are. They are. You have Cookie, who I is a who, who is the cook. He's like I don't know. He must be like a retired cowboy or something. It's implied that he's like a retired miner, but he's also like southern to the point of parody. So for a moment, I thought maybe he was like a confederate veteran or something but i really don't know what this movie's trying to do with him but he's like a minor 49er he, you know he, he does use jefferson davis as like he, a that's that's literally why so i was like is he saying jefferson davis like jesus or like the devil i don't know <laughs> but the fact that he brought it up in this disney movie makes me not like him and then we have miss packard who is the uh telephone operator woman who by all accounts should have been dead when the sub exploded. I don't know how she survived. That doesn't make any sense. I'm pretty sure she's like the voice of Mrs. Potato Head or something. But it, I'm looking at her, her like IMDb, and it looks like she just played the voice of Mrs. Packard in like 500 Atlantis things. So. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, she's a lot of um, not characters. A lot of a lot of waitresses in this. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and oh, and obviously, like last but not least, is Milo Thatch, who is just like your like white savior nerd. Yeah, he's he's the lead. He's buffer than he has any right to be. He spends most of the time in in like a wife beater, and it's like, how come his arms and like shoulders are so big? It's weird because at the beginning of this movie, he's so thin, but at the end of the movie, when it's like, oh, he's the hero now, he gets like muscles out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's like what? I was just looking at him. I was like, why does Milo have X? That's Milo Thatch's like only characteristic is that he's voiced by Michael J. Fox and like that is not enough. There are some scenes where it's almost enough. I get it. It's it's Michael J. Fox. We love him. He's got that voice that makes us trust him. It's mm -hmm. not enough. You gotta also make him a good person, at least, right? You gotta at least also make him a or good person. You could have made him a bad person so that he 
could have done the heel turn and said to himself, I don't want to be the person my grandfather was. I don't I don't I don't want to like to like be a colonial for treasures. I I want to help these people. And that would have been something, but he was always going to help those people, despite the fact that that makes zero sense with his character. Because he didn't know they were there! He didn't know they were there, so why did they keep anything from him? God, irritating. Right? Okay. I know. They were just, what, what, if there had been no people there, then they would have gotten there, and Rourke would have been like, hey, listen, I'm really sorry about this, but I've been keeping this hidden from you this whole time, because I thought it would be a fun prank. Anyway, <laughs> hey, maybe this, maybe if you had read this page, we wouldn't have died so hard for the last 30 minutes, but yeah, it was pretty fun. Like, what was your fucking idea? Milo is given this book that leads to Atlantis. He's the only one that can read it because he is a linguist. Spoiler, the captain, the commander, sorry, it doesn't matter. Why did I care enough to change that? <laughs> takes the page out of takes the page out of the book that's like about the battery that Milo has talked about wanting to bring back. It's the one thing he cares about is bringing back this battery. It is well, it's the one thing he most cares about, certainly. And so there's no reason to hide it from him. But they do hide it from him so there can be a betrayal in the final act of the movie. It That's just doesn't it. make sense. Also, It's just very it, irritating. Sorry, it, also, it really bothers me, and it shouldn't, but they all have lambdas on their shirts, and that makes the L sound, motherfuckers. It's not called Latlantis. Just make <laughs> it an A. Oh, man, I love I love the movie Little Luntus. It's even red, like they're the fucking Spartans. They take their Jules Verne 20,000 League Under the Sea giant-ass submarine, Boat. and... That I assume that they just had. It, it gets attacked, yep, it gets attacked by a robot lobster. This robot lobster. How did we feel about this robot lobster? I was really... So, it was a decent enough robot lobster in that it was animated well, and yeah. it was kind of a fascinating fight. The issue was, with me, why was Atlantis so well protected? They didn't know they were going to be down there. Right. And supposedly, they didn't know how to build things after, quote, the Great Flood, like after they'd sunk. So why is there a giant lobster? And also, this king has done a real bad job of making Atlantean suspicious of outsiders. I don't know what he did wrong. But later, I was like, why is there a giant lobster if they're just going to let them in? They're just going to just let them in. Just guide them there. Also, like, I and I just want to, just because just I thought it was interesting, uh, not interesting, but weird. Why does the mm. lobster have little lobster claws that it can use to hold things like massive boats, but then even bigger lobster claws that it uses to not destroy said boat? I don't know why, but <laughs> but it did. So, you know. Here we are. This is what I mean, right? They they, they 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 just like are constantly being like, look at how cool this looks, but they don't put any thought into like, why would it be there? Why would it be this way? Mm-hmm. Right? At this point, after their boat's destroyed, for some reason everybody on the crew doesn't like Milo Thatch, which makes no sense. It's so weird. It's like there's a subplot here about him needing to be accepted. And it's like I don't I don't understand why this is part of it. He is already an important part of the crew and has been charming enough. Um, and the way he he the way he wins them over is being better at mechanics than their best mechanic they've ever had, which, which infuriated me because it was like, oh, it's a girl, so it's she can't girl. be good she at her job. Yeah, 
the uh, we also get a glimpse of the like fucking hell gas stormtroopers here. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Why do they have gas masks? It's only to it's only to make them faceless, right? It's so that they're not people. Because I was I was thinking in the final fight, I was like, man, these guys are shooting a lot of their friends, and they're just quipping. Just yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it's it just, wild. It it doesn't make sense. This this like montage right of them getting to Atlantis because. They're like, like, yeah, like, I don't know. The movie kind of paints Milo as being inept when it needs him to be inept, but competent when it needs him to be competent. And it, it yeah, doesn't kinda, differentiate. Yeah, he kind of has the Paul Block problem. Yeah, yeah, he kind of does. Of, like, being inept <laughs> until he's literally the savior of the movie. <laughs> this is the second time in a row we've compared this every movie to... movie from now on every compare it to paul blart that's the secret right it's like paul blart is like atlantean for movies it's like the proto movie that, upon which all movies spawn um <laughs> fuck um that is the most brutal thing i've ever heard <laughs> i can't um we um we get this montage of them a this montage makes no sense because they're like traveling through like the heat and snow and oh does it not make sense andy does it not make sense because last i checked they got out of their big old ship in these little small like like and smaller faster better ships ships. smaller faster better ships but fine fine Maybe those are there because the big one could carry a lot of people, but they would need the small one to go down the small. That's things. a real Titanic That's problem. Fine. That's fine. But how did they get the cars? Well, they were in the smaller, faster ship. How? Tony. What? I don't know. I and think it's a transformer thing. True. Even if you say it's okay, they can somehow fit that giant drill into that tiny ship. Then you have to say, "All right, fine, fine, fine." But where? In the cars were the planes. Yeah, no. The fact that they have planes at the end of this movie is bananas. Also, it's 1914. We don't have planes this good. They have really good planes. I thought they were going to use the balloon because they didn't have Have planes. planes! But in the end, they just have planes. Yeah, it's wild. Also, I don't it's, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 1914. Well, it's because it looks cool, right? Like, Yeah, it's like, okay, whatever. I can allow for a certain amount. But that's just breaking it at that point. And the thing is, the movie is so boring at this at this point in the movie that you need to be factually correct because all you're going to do is have people say, well, that's wrong. Well, that doesn't wrong. make sense. Well, that doesn't that make does, sense. That doesn't make any sense. You're just going to have people bored <laughs> staring at it thinking, well, I can see all the seams. I want to... You know what I never think about ever? Yeah. Is how there are definitely not enough bugs to feed a lion. And do you know why I don't think about it? Because it's just a good movie. Yeah. It's like, I don't care that Simba can't survive on slugs. <sighs> I'm gonna Sorry. I'm gonna read to you. I'm gonna read to you a uh I'm gonna read to you an excerpt from the Wikipedia. Okay, hit me. That I think is very funny. Don Han pointed out that the absence of songs presented a challenge for a team accustomed to animated musicals, as solely action scenes would have to carry the film. Kirk Wise said it gave the team an opportunity for more on-screen character development. Quote, We had more screen time available to do a scene like where Milo and the explorers are camping out and learning about one another's histories. An entire sequence is devoted to having dinner and going to bed. That's not something we would typically have the luxury of doing. End quote. Okay, now, to be fair to this movie, and to be fair to that person, 
that was one of the better scenes in the movie. But there's no reason why <laughs> it should it should have needed to be. Also, if you put in a song, you typically have people just singing about themselves, and that is character exploration. I, I also would like to point out, right, like, uh, they had an entire sequence in Beauty and the Beast in which characters have dinner and go to bed. Go to bed! Oh my gosh! <laughs> what are you talking about? It's it's one of those things where it's bananas that like like also that dinner scene right where they find where they're like we finally accept you Milo for no reason but also there was no reason for us not There's to no accept reason for you. them not to accept him it's the most frustrating thing the best thing I can think of is that they all knew that they were gonna have to betray him and they didn't want to get close but that lends too much credence to the later part of the movie where it's just, but that but the problem is they're betraying him doesn't make sense yeah they're betraying him doesn't make sense but also the movie doesn't portray it as we're trying to keep our distance from this guy because we're going to betray him it's we don't like this guy because he's an inept like fuck up right 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 and it, if this movie was a better movie milo would not have to prove himself like that because there's no reason to do it He's already, he is the expert on this team. There are like two things that I want to note here, right? That dinner sequence is fine. That dinner sequence should have happened at the beginning of the fucking movie because it's, we've been hanging out with these characters for like 20 goddamn minutes of nothing happening and only now we get to learn their backstories. That's bad fucking writing. This is genuinely when I feel like the movie starts. Now that being said, the movie, it's not like the movie suddenly gets <laughs> No, no, but it, it would, it's the equivalent of like, if in the return of the king, right? <laughs> not, that's too far. If in Whoa. the two towers, if in the two towers, halfway through the two towers, maybe even at the beginning, at the beginning of two towers, uh, uh, Aragorn is like, all right, everybody, let's sit down and really talk about who we are as people. I know we've been <laughs> hanging out for this entire movie, but I don't really get your guys' deal. By the way, my name's Strider. I'm an half elven royal human what's your guys like what are you talking about this has to happen sooner i don't know who these people are and and also on top of that we are introduced to these characters right we get to know who they are as people sort of mm. we don't get to hang out with them after this anymore because we Except spend the rest Mollier, of this movie and the fact that we don't get to learn Mollier is it literally brings about the best line in the movie yes it, it's an amazing line um what was it it was um uh, trust me on this one, you don't want to know. Audrey, don't tell him. You shouldn't have told me, but you did. And now I'm telling you, you don't want to know. Great line. Delivered <laughs> yeah, perfectly. Shout out to that actor whose name is Phil Morris. That guy is awesome, and he has been in like five million things. He stole the scene every scene he was in. The problem is Dr. Sweet is in three scenes. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing, right, is this is the scene where we finally get to learn who these people are as people, and we spend the rest of the movie after this point hanging out with Kida. Yeah, that's the thing, and then Kida doesn't get to be a character anymore. She just stops being a character for, like, the third part of this movie, and it's like, great, so first we hang out with these people, then we hang out with Kida, then we lose Kida, and now we have to hang out with these people again, like they're, like they're our backup date. But, but, but now they're bad guys, so they're like yes. a bad backup date. But it's like, what, <laughs> what, what character development are you doing? Because so far, all you've done is introduce them. That's not mm -hmm. character development. Yeah, that's just character establishment. Yeah, right? It's like, I've been in quarantine for a while, right? Mm -hmm. If I suddenly learned who my neighbor was tomorrow, 
That's not introducing the character. To compare it a little to Beauty and the Beast, it doesn't have a lot of those good character introducing moments like where Cogsworth and um, Lumiere just fight. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, I know who these people are because they're fighting. Like, we don't get to see these characters interact with each other or Milo in any meaningful way before or after this dinner scene until the reveal of the betrayal. Yeah. The irritating thing about everybody's heel turn is that Dr. Sweet was the first one who heel turned and he basically did it off screen. Yeah! Oh, I'm so mad about this. That was really weird. I was like, huh, were they gonna leave Sweet behind? I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Well, and but and the the little we know about their characters also doesn't come into why they've made their decisions, right? Milo uses it to guilt trip Audrey and uh, Italian Vinny. man Vinny. But other than that, it doesn't come into play, right? They're all just decide. Well, we've already betrayed him. I guess we should not betray him now because right. that's what the script said we should that's do. That's what the script says we should do. Also, here's the really irritating thing: is like they were down for taking stuff from an ancient, abandoned city. Yeah. Fine. They were down for stealing from actual human people who were still living. Uh, I can see how that gets kind of shaky. They were da- They were no longer down for kidnapping. Also fine. But they, like, the irritating thing is that Milo gets to the point where he's not down for stealing from these people immediately, and that is, I feel like, where a normal person would be. But these are normal, regular people. They're not, like, evil and they turn. They're normal people who do a job. Yeah, they're not faceless hellgas stormtroopers, right? Like... What is up with these faceless stormtroopers? <laughs> I guess the reason, I guess the thing is, they wanted that big firefight at the end. That's because they want to be Star Wars. This movie wants to be Star Wars so fucking bad. And it's like, stop it. You don't every time like a fight, a quote unquote action scene happens in this movie. It feels like a different movie because most of this movie is just walking and talking and like exploring. So all of a sudden, like an air duel dog fighting thing. happens. The the action scenes are great. They're fine. They look good. They do feel like they're from a different movie and they don't really fit in the movie that they're in. Now, speaking of action scenes, everything's on fire. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. So we get these fireflies that are actually made of fire, I guess. I guess I don't need them to explain it. I guess it's possible. Once you throw a giant mechanical lobster at me, fine. Fireflies can actually cause fire. Whatever. Anyway, the bridge collapsed. Milo gets hurt, but a sexy lady saves him. They made the key mistake, really, of putting their heaviest fucking vehicle up front of that caravan. Like, I don't know why they did that. that was nah, dog, I don't trust like that. If we're going across a bridge, the lightest things are in the front. They crash. I think another pretty good line, which is, or another pretty good shot in this movie is like when mm-hmm. Rourke lights the match and he's like, all right, who's not dead? That's a good line. Yes, yes, yes. Rourke, I, I mean, I, I, I ranked him low, but he's like, he's like better Clayton. Uh, Rourke is like a Clayton that I understand. I was going to say, would you say better Clayton? <laughs> I mean, they mean that- gave him time to like fucking breathe in the movie to be a character, at least a little. A little? did not do that with Clayton. I will say though, right, is like Clayton is such a weird character because 
he could easily have been a hero of the movie and they decided to make him a villain. But there is a point in this movie where they just decide that Rourke needs to be Jason from the fucking Friday the 13th movies. He literally just grabs an axe and is like, I guess I'm Jason now. Yeah, and it's he like, it's like crazy. And, and it's like, OK, this doesn't really add up to like this, like what I would say is an hyper intelligent like military mercenary right he also he also decides at that moment to like darth sidious his right hand which is again bananas so milo while everybody else is trying to figure out how to get out of this hole he is saved because he has like a scratch i assume Uh, the world's smallest injury i'm pretty sure he would have i'm pretty sure he was stable but it's disney so it could have gotten infected He is saved by Princess Kida, who heals his injury. And this is mentioned again, but never really brought up again. I feel like everybody kind of slept on the fact that she could do this. And we're we're leaning into some real, like, vibranium bead shit with these fucking necklaces, right? Yes, absolutely. But unlike the vibranium beads, which are established to be made of nanomachines, these are just glowing rocks. So, like, they say that they're just glowing rocks. It's like how you can use how you can use nano machines for everything. You can also you glowing can use rocks. magic for anything. Go, I mean, glowing rocks. Uh, like I mean, you can use them to make lightsabers. So I guess what are we talking about? So they save the the for some reason Kira saves Mila. Well, heals Kida. him. Heals him. He doesn't save him. She heals him. Yeah, he's fine. He follows her to Atlantis, and there's a super long panning shot. It's like, oh, fuck, look what we did. We made Atlantis. Oh, jeez. The clouds don't move, even though they should. Here's the problem, right? Well, okay, Tony, the fact that there are clouds is already baffling, but what would make them? Well, I think, the I wind? Think I think they're mist from the... Um, from the waterfall. Waterfall, stuff, right? which should so move. We, <laughs> it irritated we, me that was the one thing that was sitting still. It doesn't matter. Yeah, this no, I, I understand. But, like, here's my bigger problem, is we get this big establishing shot of Atlantis, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, Atlantis doesn't look like that. Well, it I looks think, I completely think, different. Yes, it does. But I think that is because Kida rebuilt it as it should have been instead of as it was after the flood. No, I mean, I mean, when they're when when they're all like when all of Atlantis is standing on like the fucking patio of Atlantis. <laughs> right. And watching these statues stand up and be like. Like, all right, let's applaud for the ending of this movie and make a shield, right? We had we had an establishing shot at the beginning of this movie showing us what this island looked like. And at the end of this movie, before Kira activates the stone statues, we get another establishing shot and it looks completely different. It's just wild that, like, like you, you just, like, how would you freaking forget to look at the previous one? You did it before. Put lava over it and now all of a sudden the fucking topology of it doesn't make sense anymore either. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things, right? Like, they put so much thought into this movie that every time something like this happened, it's like, they're clearly mismanaging themselves. They talk to Kida and they do this stupid, oh, it's it's a proto-language, so it totally works with English and French and everything. And she's like, welcome to Atlantis. And she just lets him in. It made me so furious. That entire, like, segment, right? Where he says, we are explorers from the surface world. And then she just says, welcome to the city of Atlantis. That is the nastiest cut, I think, in this movie. It feels so jarring. Like, there was a whole other scene in there where a little more conversation happens. Like, I don't know if you want to, like, go back and watch it again, but him saying, I like... I don't. 
we are explorers from the surface world we come in peace and then it's just like immediately hard cut welcome to the city of atlantis and i'm like andy andy I, i can't be clear enough about this I don't want to go back and watch it again. No, I'm not saying you should actually do it. Andy, I'm just saying it just, Andy yeah. no, listen, though. I would rather not. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're just in Atlantis. We meet Leonard Nimoy at this point. Uh, he doesn't his character doesn't get a name. He's just like king or whatever, chief or whatever. He's literally just Atlantean king. There's there's something I want to know just really quick. Cree Summer is mm-hmm. native. I'm looking up her bio and I can't find like what tribe or whatever but native on some level and i was like okay it's a native american uh archetype so they got a native american person and then they got leonard nimoy for the only other person who talks and it's like great so they did actually like the literal smallest thing they could do which was pretty irritating she is from the red pheasant cree nation Um. oh i wonder if she was literally named for that it's it's again it's literally the the smallest concession they could make to say that like I don't know. It's not just about white people because it is. It's just about white people. Well, and that's and that's the thing, right? Is like Kita isn't isn't a character. She has Mm-mm. no agency over herself or her culture at Despite all. Despite the fact that there are many reasons why she should. You would think that somebody who lived in a singular place for eight thousand years she is at the very least a demigod and later spoiler becomes a god and at no point does she have any agency she is constantly having to be told what to do or saved and it's one of those things where this is part of what i think makes this worse than tarzan to me they chose Mm -hmm. to do this there's no source material that they can blame this is all original baby they made it up to be this and it's so bad. And I and I feel like a lot of people are giving them a lot of credit that they haven't earned because you have this like diverse cast that also isn't characters. Yeah, it's well, it's a shame because what it is, what happens is you look at the cast and you watch the movie and you think if somebody who wanted to tell a good story was in charge, this cast and there, there was a version of the screenplay that could work. That is, that is not about minimizing this woman in her own culture, you know? Just the act of having this character's, like, interactions with Milo Thatch literally be like, you know more about my culture than I do is so fucking gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is disgusting. It, I, I cannot explain to somebody how insulting that is that they wrote that we said this but we i don't think we outlined it kita can't read she cannot read she can't read atlantean despite the fact that she is one more time eight thousand years old she's also never figured out how to turn on their fish cards even though she talks about how she did everything except for the one thing that she needed to do which was hold her hand and turn the key at the and j- jiggle the key a little bit just fucking do it randomly it probably would have gotten there eventually right Right, exactly. This is, this takes an afternoon to figure out. You might get frustrated, you might leave and come back, but like, this is something that if she cared about it, it would be solved unless, and this is a possibility with this character because I have no evidence to the contrary, she's just dumb as shit. Right, and that's, and that's the thing, right? And that's what sucks about it. 
right? It's, it's just, it's just, oh, this person, oh, she's not smart enough. You need the white guy to help. The and the and it's worse because the only other like competent woman we have met also needed Milo to do her fucking job. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's one more competent woman, but her thing's just guns. Yeah, I guess I guess nobody I guess uh I guess Mrs. Packer didn't need Milo's help to like call people. <laughs> I guess that's true. But I don't think she's competent though. I think part of the joke of her character is she just does whatever yeah, she, she wants. Yeah, she she's like the trope of like the incompetent secretary, which is gross. I mean, but it's fine. And Helga is sexualized to like the point of absurdity, which is also gross. And actually, but so are Kita and uh, oddly enough, Audrey who is again a child? Do you think Audrey is? There, there are a couple of shots in this movie that my girlfriend pointed out where they just like focus in on her butt in weird ways. Huh. That I'm just like, I didn't catch that, right? Like I didn't no, catch that. Me neither, my girlfriend pointed but... this out to me. But it, it also like her whole relationship with Milo is gross. And again, you know, it didn't have to be. They could have just made her a fucking adult. Or they could have made her a kid and then had that conversation at some point. But they didn't. They don't. Instead, she's just a kid and she's like, yeah, well, my dad's back home and I do this mercenary work for money for my dad so he can open a second shop. Excuse me? Not even a first one. Not even a first one. Not because they they're, they have so little money that she needs to do it so they can open an auto shop. No, this is for a second one. Yeah, it doesn't it's... make any sense. Her story, um, if you stop to examine it at all, is crazy. And it's a little bit too much like Vinny's story. <laughs> yeah, right. Um... And he at least is trying to rebuild the one shop. <laughs> that he accidentally blew up. Yes. But Vinny's story is also kind of gross because it's clearly supposed to be funny that he likes flowers. Uh, this movie is like, I don't know, I mean, I can't, okay, but but if he's a trope that's like, ah, he likes explosions, then showing that he likes flowers could be a little bit funny. That's fine. I don't think that's that's too far. But, no. like, there's other stuff that the movie does bad. For instance, everything. <laughs> everything else, right? Everything else. Oh, also, I, I, I pointed this out. I wished, I did wish that Dr. Sweet is black and Native American. He is half black. And half a Native American. Which is, which he's gotta be just about the most, um, I don't know, like, hard up. Like, he's a doctor. Oh, okay. and he's a doctor. How did he get through medical school being a black Native American? That sounds impossible. In 1914. And that was, that's, that's the problem with this movie, is there was bits like that where I'm like, I'm so interested in this character because of what that would mean, but then they don't do anything with it. Well, yeah, because you have this half black, half Native American man be like, nah, I'm cool with all this colonialism, though. Let's do it. I'm there. I'm not going to stop it. If he had to work with these people because nobody would hire him as a doctor. Right. That would be fascinating to me. I would love that. It shows their whole ass that they don't actually know at all what they're writing about, that they could willingly put this interesting character in this situation and then not explore it at all. Any yeah. writer with even an ounce of credibility would have been like, hold on, let's back the fuck up. This is something. You could write a whole fucking movie about that shit. And to be fair to the writers, it is possible, you mentioned earlier that, like, Joss Whedon claimed that there was nothing of his in this anymore. And maybe it's possible. There are, like, six writers on this. 
it's possible that that at one point Doctor Sweets was a fascinating character. No, and they I, ended up just cut throwing it all on the cutting room floor. I I do not believe that for a second. I don't. I I do not. I may be I really giving don't. them too much credit because I want him to be a good character, right? But like, and and that's the thing, right? Is is like th- this screenplay, which was written by Tab Murphy primarily, with the exception of Jackie Zabel, who is a white woman as opposed to a white man. There are, there is nobody in this list of people who I would trust to to competently write any of these characters in a meaningful way they don't have the life experience to do it and they sure as hell didn't bring anyone on who had the life experience to do it that's a good point and you can't you can't do you can't do um one of the favorite is my understanding joss whedon things which is just hire the people and have them kind of ad-lib it until they land somewhere yeah, that's doing that for animation is insanity. Yeah, you have to really nail down. You have to have somebody like writing it down as they went, and then showing it to the people animating it, being like, "Can you do this? Can you make the mouth do this? I know that the mouth was doing this, but make it do this instead." That, that's how you get faces like Quest for Camelot. Yeah, uh, yeah, wherever they're just their lips are sliding around. It's just it's so frustrating because they put so much money into this movie and none of it went where it really needed to go which was putting together a coherent story that said anything so so it ends up just being pocahontas just being avatar the blue people movie it's pretty but it has no substance and if you dig down even a little bit you run into the fucking like hard mantle that is just white savior colonialism and like and i'm sorry but i don't fucking want that shit anymore i'm done with it so speaking of which the king's like no you guys gotta get out of here and they're like no we'll stay for a day it's like okay stay for a day really fucking folded real quick yeah right um milo is voted to go on a date with kita so that he can discover what the king is hiding this is a really gross scene by the way that's it's okay so we've already talked about all the like shit that milo has to teach kita because she's useless but that's not the thing that got me when i really started thinking about it Obviously, that was terrible, but that's normal terrible for all the things we were just talking about. Yeah. The weird part is that later, all that information that he supposedly learned is never brought up again because they have the page that just says where the thing is, and they just give it to her and say, Oh, now that we've betrayed you, somehow, uh, now that we had you go out on a date with somebody so that you learn to like them instead of us, Here's the page so you can betray them. It's so weird. Well, I, I want to go back a little bit and talk about this mural. There's no writing on this mural, Tony. Tony, there is no writing on this mural. Tony, I scoured every frame of this. And by scoured, I mean I looked at it. There is no writing on it. <laughs> Why did she need him to read it? Tony, Tony. Uh, okay, well, the thing about Kita is she also doesn't know what pictures mean. Oh my god, it's... <laughs> I... You gave... You guys had one job. <laughs> Just put some writing on it the mural. It says in the script that she can't read the mural. <laughs> and you didn't put any writing on it. And at that point, I don't know how to help you. I don't. I really don't, guys. Guys. So we finally get to the betrayal that we've been talking about this entire time. It's such a twist because it makes no sense. It's very M. Night Shyamalan-esque. M. Night Shyamalan-esque. Like, I honestly thought as I watched this movie, I was like, okay, so Rourke definitely turns. Yeah. Like, Rourke's definitely in this for himself. 
And I also had my eye on Helga, although I would have thought that she'd get a heal turn. She kind of does, but not not really. Not, not really. She has a, if I'm gonna die, you're gonna die moment, which yeah. is not quite the same thing. Yeah, she's just like, fuck you. In fact, this is maybe the one Disney movie I've ever seen where the villain kills his sidekick. So I thought it would be Helga and... Rourke. Rourke, right, who, who turned on the others. But it's everybody... And they're like, haha, Milo, you didn't know, but we were really here for the battery that you talked about wanting to get. It's like, oh, um, okay. And he's like, God, how dare you? Oh my gosh, I never would have done this. You're all in it for the money. They're like, yeah, we told you we were in it for the we, money. We literally said so in that dinner scene. We, we told you we were in it for the money, and guess what? You will also learn a lot from this god battery that they have. And we're gonna punch the king so he dies later. Dies of internal bleeding. This is the moment when Sweets turns. He's like, oh, you just punched an old man, and I don't like that. And then, that is left alone until, like... 15 minutes later, we get to see Sweets again. We get a whole ass scene where everybody is like, we've decided abruptly at this moment to unbetray you, Milo. After they load his girlfriend onto a truck and then don't unload her. Yeah, they really, They uh, just stood there while their boss took the truck. Hashtag resist, am I right, guys? So Jesus. They... Yeah, that is what it is. It's oh! Like... My God, Thoughts we and prayers. Sorry, by the way, I haven't. I I have. I don't remember much about this movie, but I did not expect Kita to literally just become a glowing object. It was. It was really upsetting. She's like. She like looks over to Milo. Okay, so they go and they they find the the god crystal that they have, and Kita starts glowing like her mom did, and like levitating toward it. And she looks over to Milo and says, "Don't even." Don't even worry. I got this. Chill. Don't, I got it. All will be well, she says. And then she turns into the crystal, and the crystal like becomes woman-shaped and turns into her. And then nothing. She, I assume, she just walked into that fucking steel tomb. It's so wild. Like, I thought she was gonna start fucking zapping people or something. It is almost... I thought she was gonna start Dr. Manhattaning these motherfuckers. Right. Zap, you've ceased to exist. What I thought was gonna happen was she was going to kill these people and she was gonna maybe lose control and Milo would have to stop her. And that would almost be interesting. That would almost be a movie. That oh would my God. almost... Almost have made her a character. Oh, man. And so at this point, the king says the wildest thing. And I know we've had a lot of wild Oof. things happening Oof. in this movie, guys. Oh, this this one's rough. But this one, we call this movie a white savior movie. But I don't think I've ever actually seen a white savior movie where the native guy is like, you are our white savior. <laughs> only like, only you. Hey, I know that there is a super cool half Native American, half black guy over there who saved right there. my also, he life. Has like, he has like 300 pounds on you. That, that man is made of nothing but muscle and kindness. But God, like John fucking Henry. And he saved my life. But Milo, only you could save us. Only you can save us. If he had said something like, this is all your fault, you need to fix it, then that would at least be something. But it's not. He's just like, oh, it's up to you now. 
guy I hated two seconds ago. It's like, what are you doing? If he didn't want this to happen, why didn't he tell his people how to use the cars? The cars that shoot lasers! But Now, before he dies and tells Milo that, hey, white man, it's up to you, buddy, he also says that he also vaguely sort of implies that he's the reason all of this happened. And that the crystal has a conscious. Yes, the crystal absorbs people every once in a while. Just decides to do it. Yeah, like when when shit's going really bad, I guess. But this doesn't make any sense because it doesn't kind of doesn't happen in this movie. But I think the idea is that when something is going wrong, it needs like a host to be able to control it. I guess as a conduit for its will, right? But it can only be somebody of royal blood. All of these old kings' wills basically get put into the crystal. Now that is fascinating and could have been something. Now here's the thing though, Tony, is because the only person we've seen get absorbed by this crystal are Kira and her mom, and Kira gets out of that shit. Kira gets out of it with nothing, and her mom doesn't, and neither of them do anything really while crystallized. Her mom just disappears, is gone forever. Kita's like, I guess she, at the end, gets the robots moving. But she doesn't, she doesn't stop these invaders. Sorry, what was it? Uh, what I was saying is, is that Kira's mom gets absorbed into the crystal, right? Essentially becoming one with its consciousness. But she doesn't get a cool floating rock head. Now what the fuck is up with that? I don't know, maybe she did. Maybe she was already up there. Uh, they kind of look like dudes, though. Yeah, they, it, it said that those are the kings of the past. I don't know, man. It could it could be that this movie's not good to its female characters. And you know, it could be. And so let's just throw slightly this, better like, than the last two movies. But slightly that's not better, a but lot. we're not. Yeah, we we like. Don't get me wrong. We've walked a mile away from where we used to be, but we are still also miles away from where we could be. <laughs> but guess what? It's still two thousand one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Milo gives I think the worst. <laughs> Uh, oh wait no there is we get the one other atlantean who has a line tony do you know what he says how is this done good question random citizen (laughs) it's so it's so fucking infuriating anyway now the atlanteans have their magic cars have their magic car laser fish and so does Milo and everybody, and they go fight all the the all the white people who are dressed as stormtroopers in planes it's wild that this wasn't that this didn't take place in the forties, right? Because like because you could have you could have Nazis if it was the forties, and you could have nuclear power if it was the forties. There could be this idea that this was like the key to nuclear power. Oh my power. god! Now we're talking. Now that's a fucking movie. But instead, it's nineteen fourteen, and it's it's wild. It's just it it's just nothing. World War Two is like right around the corner. Sorry, one World War One. Sorry, my bad. Right. <laughs> In fact, there shouldn't be planes as good until. Yeah, World there War shouldn't I. be. Um, we and so like this final fight scene is the like one of the most boring things in the world. It's a lot of nonsense. I don't know. It's actiony. It's fine. It just once again, it, it just has it has no weight pertaining to the narrative. Uh, what little we have, right? Yeah, you know that the you know that the good guys are gonna win. You're already there. Um, there's a moment. Where Rourke and Helga, where Rourke betrays Helga by throwing her off the balloon because she's too heavy, which is damn. Wow, I know, right? Like, on top of everything else. And she shoots him. And she shoots the balloon and it, like, explodes. Yeah, right? Like, as she should, to be honest. And 
And and he comes at Milo with this fucking axe, as you described, like fucking um, Friday the 13th guy. Jason, his name, his name is Jason. Like, coming on swinging, and he hits the thing containing Kida, who, and, and Milo cuts him with the glass, which turns him, him for into a crystal <laughs> monster. Into a crystal monster in one of the weirdest Disney deaths because he's still alive and he's gonna fucking. Kill like at this life. point, I th- this crystal golem has like a, uh, has like one goal and it's kill Milo Patch, uh, but unfortunately, it meets its end uh, in a. What does he get like shredded by the propeller things at the bottom? Yeah. I don't know why this balloon needs propeller things. They're not doing anything except to be there to cause somebody's gruesome death. Like, ah, fuck, guys. We made this balloon. We didn't put in any gruesome death blades. <laughs> Keto falls, and I found that hilarious. <laughs> I was like, good job, Milo. You dropped your girlfriend. <laughs> you, you, I, they're not even dating yet, dude. Like, they haven't even held hands. So Yeah, well, then even worse. Right? You just dropped this woman. Uh, like, I used to teach dance classes. This is, like, the number one thing you don't do is just drop somebody. The, the like, chain that's holding her comes off, and he has to run back and put it together. And it reminded me so much of this scene in Back to the Future. Oh, my God. When Doc Brown has to connect the wire before the lightning strikes. I was like, oh, but now Marty's doing it. But now Marty's doing it. Um, And I wondered if that was on purpose. He so she they get her back to Atlantis. Atlantis has somehow completely changed how it looks in that time. Um, magic, I assume. She uh, she gets all the all the big stone boys to clap and dab, and they make a shield, and it protects Atlantis from the pyroclastic flow of this volcano. In what is a really good shot, actually. Oh yeah, the, I like when the the lava covers Atlantis and cools over it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, they sorry, they were in a volcano. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're a volcano. There's a volcano blowing the up final this scene entire was in time. The volcano. I yeah, I don't remember what I, it's exploding and it's a volcano, I guess. Sure. Yeah, they were going to use it to get to the surface. Yeah. She saves Atlantis. She like floats back down to Earth and Milo catches her, which is a bit much. Like, don't, nah, Doc, don't touch her. Just let her, she'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and they hugged, and she's like, if she, if he kisses her, that's gonna be so awful. Oh, it's bad, right? I, I, but honestly, he doesn't kiss her, to be fair. Well, instead we get something a little bit worse, which is him, like, wearing native Atlantean stuff. I mean, that's later. I assume they're married. There's, there is an amount of, um... There's there's an amount of you you would need to like adopt your uh, adopt some of the native culture stuff if you marry into the royal family. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, "Hey, what's that French person doing here? Let's chop her head off." I said French, but she was German. She was in France. She was German. She was. I thought she was. She kind of. I mean, they chop her head off anyway. What are you talking about? I was thinking Marie Antoinette. Yeah, they chop her head off anyway, Tony. What are you talking about? But that's what I'm saying, because she wasn't French. No, that was Tony. the reason, but that was one of the reasons I, why people you didn't know, like her. There, there were a lot of reasons. I feel like Austria, her not being God damn it. very far away. There, Historically, there's always been a problem when somebody marries somebody who is... When a king or a queen marries somebody, and it's like, oh great, now we're ruled by somebody from a foreign land. People don't like it. 
uh, which is fair. And so maybe you would overcompensate a little bit. The part where he's dressed as Atlantean, I understand that from a geopolitical perspective. Which is, again, possibly giving the movie too much credit. No, I, yeah, I, I do think so, but I, I just, it's just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, man, to just see a white dude, like, wearing this, like, non-existent indigenous culture's clothing. It just doesn't sit right with me, you know? I mean, is it better or worse that it's non-existent? It's gotta be better. It, you know, I, I don't know. I think I mean, either think, way okay, it's close bad. Your eyes, close your eyes. Picture Milo in a Native American headdress. Yeah, that's really bad. Like, that's worse, though, right? Yeah, it's worse, but it's still, like, either way it's I'm just bad, saying, Tony. It's worse. My, my, my point is, is that either way it's bad, and he could have just been wearing normal clothes, you know? Uh, well, that's the other thing, too. All he appears to have is are these, like, faux army clothes the whole time. Ah, it's fine. Yeah, it's probably what needs to get changed occasionally. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe give him a shirt. Anywho, it doesn't matter. It's not important. It's it's a little important, but it it it, it does not at all hold up to all the other stuff they yeah, do. Yeah, it's it's just like another thing to throw on this like big pile of shit, right? Like Atlantis gives everybody else a bunch of money and sends them on their way, which is wild. It's just a little wild. That's a choice. My understanding from what I saw was that oh, they don't need this. Like maybe Atlantis doesn't even use gold. But then why did they have all of it? Oh, probably just for decoration. You know, that I, I bet Atlantis is socialist because their god watches over them, like, literally. But what what is that royal decree like? Hey, everybody. Anybody got any, like, gold shit? I wouldn't look too much into this. Anyway, they give them a bunch of gold for, like, services rendered. Thanks for, unbetray- thanks for unbetraying us. Thanks for unbetraying us, yes. Thanks for not killing us at the last minute. That yeah, I really should. If I knew that choice. betraying and then walking back betraying people was that profitable, I'd be doing it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Um. <laughs> so then everybody's back at Whitmore's place. And they're all... My favorite part of this was how fancy everybody was dressed. I just enjoyed that. Because they're rich now. I also really like, this is again, just a, a little touch, that all of them had turned their crystals into different forms of jewelry that fit their character. Yeah. It's cool, it's a good touch, and it's like, where was that level of thinking for the last 90 years? Yeah, there could have been more done with these characters, and this was one of the scenes where you're like, mm, now that all these characters are just sitting around talking, it feels like there could have been more done with them. It, it really feels like maybe we didn't need Milo Thatch and we could have just hung out with these guys. Yeah, but you forget something is that he's white. You need a white guy. You need a white guy. Having a having like a disgusting mole person and an Italian guy isn't white enough. We need uh, we just an American man. According to Disney movies, it's not. So they get their they get their stories straight, right? Uh, Which was kind of fun. How Milo definitely died, and they never found anything, and their bosses went MIA. Who cares? Everybody's dead, and they're too rich for anybody to argue, so... I mean, like, what else are they gonna say? Yeah, we discovered Atlantis, like... Yeah, we discovered Atlantis, yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Which is the best part of the movie. I, uh, I didn't even... I didn't stick around to see enough of the credits to hear what terrible pop song they put over it. Uh, so I couldn't tell you what that was like. Um, but I'm sure they did... 
I mean, probably. It's just, it's disappointing. Not only that this movie is bad, but that it is so, that it so captures this era of Disney where they were just making bad films. Films that at at worst were like actively racist, like this one. Or films that were just, that just had a, a look to them, but not an idea. Like, do you know what came out the year before this one? Was Dinosaur. Fuck. Right? Jesus. And it's like, yeah, that's another one where they're like, oh, I know what I want to do with this, but they don't. Um, or the one after it was Treasure Planet. Like, that came out just next year. It has an amazing look, and it's just not a decent movie. Like, the story isn't any good. And the issue is, I'm not, like, offended that these movies are bad. Whatever, a movie can be bad. This movie is also offensive, which is a bit different. But my problem is that these movies are probably the reason that we don't get to see movies like this anymore. Disney in the 90s was amazing. A powerhouse. Unstoppable. And 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 Disney Animation in like the 2010s has done some good stuff, but it's almost never been 2D animation. It never. It's never been, right? Winnie the Pooh was le- was sent out to die. Yes. So I don't count it because of that. And it's just, it's frustrating because we never get to see these anymore. I mean, you could watch like a TV show that they do that has this, but we're just, pro- we're probably never going to get some, another like Lilo and Stitch or Lion King that like has that same level of care in that animation. And not, at least not from, from Disney, right? At least not from the United States. But I, I think that's like the ultimate it's it's one of the ultimate tragedies, right? Because like last year even Klaus came out or Claus, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But like it's one of those things, right? Where like like even even just like in 2001, right? Like what mm-hmm. came out in 2001, Spirited Away and Millennium Actress, which are both like amazing movies. And yeah, you might regardless of what you think of like Hayao Miyazaki's films, those movies are gorgeous and they have a point. They have a theme. They have a thing that they're trying to do. And like what what those movies are, are a million times better than what this is, right? What yeah. Atlantis is, right? Um, They are like, like there are places that aren't the United States that by 2001 have, were, were pushing the medium that was animation and continue to do so. And it sucks that... We just decided as a fucking country that it wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah, or at least all the big companies did. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Like, look, I love Tangled, and like a lot, lots of the Pixar movies, and it's like, but I would like traditionally animated movies still. Yeah, it's a different medium, right? And as much as I do love a good movie. An animated movie to me is is special in in the way that it can do what it does. And like I said, it really mars this movie for me even more. Oh, so yeah. So this was like, it's so hard for me to rank the movies against each other. Oh, yeah. But this is one of the worst ones because most of the ones we watch, even the ones that are problematic, are not problematic in so many ways or so consistently. I think I honestly think that like maybe the only one I would rank below this is maybe maybe Peter Pan, right? Oh, as far as like 
being gross about <laughs> cultures. Yeah, but at least, like, th- these days when you watch Peter Pan, they cut all that shit out, and it's fine. It's fine, you know? It doesn't... <laughs> that that movie is lackadaisical enough that it doesn't lose anything. Mm-hmm. This is the whole ass movie, is this? Yeah, it's, it's everything. And even even Tarzan was, like, a little more fun than this. It was, and, you know, I I did not expect to be watching... I guess I kind of did. I kind of did expect to be watching this movie and thinking Tarzan was more fun. At least Tarzan, even though you hated it, had songs. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. You know what? I I did. You know, I didn't miss Phil Collins just fucking screaming over this movie. <laughs> but I I I I don't know if it would have helped or hindered. The other thing about Tarzan is, yes, Tarzan has a really bad imperialist message. However. Because Tarzan's fucking wild, there Pun are intended. no black people, which means that it's marginally better than putting a bunch of Native American people and then saying, but they don't matter. But they, yeah, like, inventing whole, that, could you imagine if Tarzan just made up a fake African American tribe? I can, because that's what the books do. I was gonna say, I think it <laughs> happens. But, but, like, they... They knew in Tarzan. Oh, maybe we should just cut that out. <laughs> yes. And then come Atlantis Lost Empire. We're like, what if we made that the whole movie? Thank you for listening to Direction Video. Me and Chess? I have been your host, Tony Robusto. And I have been your host, Andy Reyes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBets, and you can find uh, my comic at InspiredBetureVents.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore balance, and you can also find uh, my tentatively started other podcast, Time Honored Pictures, at timehonoredpictures.com. Very exciting. Um, our first episode is out. It should be out and on the feed. Our first episode should be out. Our second episode should be coming out soon. I don't know. That, that's that's a pro- that's a long term project. That one. <laughs> that that's a that that is an odyssey. I think. And we are barely on our second stop, so and we're and we're already tired. <laughs> we're already so so tired, but we've dedicated to it. Um, we need to. I need to find time in my schedule to like watch things that are good, Tony. It's you know what? It's frankly amazing. Have you tried it recently? Watching Boy, something that's you. good? Yeah. I have. A little while ago, I watched uh, Your Name. Oh, you're oh, I love your name. Yeah, go to our that video. Uh, thank you to Lee Rose here for Planet E off the album Travis One. Now we and get to watch a good movie next week, right? No, right, no. Uh, next week we get to watch Atlantis Two, Milo's Return. return. Love the sunlight. Oh, I can't. You just wait for this guy to return. They they really should have yes, just called I it. Can. Atlantis to the return. <laughs> Just leave people in dread. <laughs> oh god, another one. Predator vs. Atlantis. <laughs> I'm kind of excited because I have no idea what a sequel to this movie is even going to look like. I am the ghost of John Smith. Yeah, man, you put them in, and you gotta, like, resonate with them with the Force. I know about lightsabers.
I don't, I don't, I have no idea what this is, but um, I didn't realize you had to meditate with the rock. I thought you could just slide it in. I don't think you can slide it in because it's part of your training to correctly build one. Oh, but I thought that was just like Jedi bullshit. There's tons of people in Star Wars who just have lightsabers. Yeah, but usually they're stolen. Ah, that's fine. No, because Grievous custom made his. He did not. He took those from dead Jedi. Yeah, but then he modified them. I mean, maybe you can modify it. That's different. I don't know. I'm cutting this out. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it it all sounds like fake bullshit to me. Nah, it doesn't sound like fake bullshit. Star Wars, fake news. Fake bullshit. (laughs)